Oh. Cheers to episode 23. Cheers. Cheers. First take. You gotta figure that out. Um, Smirnoff red, white, and blue seltzer. Corona light. Just water. Oh, long weekend. Not Ooh. just water. Water. Long weekend, Evan. <laughs> long weekend? No. So much drinking. Well, it was a long water. weekend. Yep. Technically. Whoa. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, had a baseball tournament. Uh, Grand Rapids, you know. Um, went two and one. Didn't get to play a fourth game because of the way the, the tournament was set up. A little upset about that. But overall, the weekend was great. Did you talk the tournament director's ear off? I know because the one loss that we had, he mercyed us. Um, so I couldn't really say anything to him. Oh, his team was, he was yeah, in charge so of the like, team? Yeah. Oh, that's awkward, yeah. Yes, it is. Can't say anything to him. You just tuck your tail between your legs and go home at that point. Yeah. Well, this show is going to be, oh, I didn't even do the real intro. Look at us, we're getting so natural at this. So we were recording at 7.05 p.m. on a Tuesday, June 1st. Happy June, everyone, 2021. And the boys are back because... If you are an astute listener, you'll know that we did not film our normal sports talk show this week. We didn't really announce that because we had a episode in the bag, as they say, in the podcasting game, uh, Fast Food Draft, which Evan won. So congrats to Evan for his first snake draft so far, which means that the three standard hosts of this show have all won draft. Is that right? Yep. Three and all, as they say. So our guests are getting skunked thus far. One day they'll break through, I know for sure. Evan, any thoughts on your fast food victory? Like I said in the group chat, I think this win was handed to me on a silver platter with the first two picks going drinks. Mm -hmm. Um, A Chick-fil-A sandwich is sitting there, and I think you had to take it. Yeah, you did. I I won it with that sandwich, I would say. But credit to you for saying Chick-fil-A sauce with the sandwich, which forced me to put it in the graphic, which just made it look so much better. So... Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, I brought home a bottle of actual Chick-fil-A sauce. So let's go for the next week. of. I'm going to put that on everything. I'm going to put that on foods you didn't even know it could go on. The reason why. So it's like, why? Why did you guys just do a snake draft? Well, why? Alex was out of town on the East Coast, I believe. We'll let him get to that. And I was out of town in the southwest part of the country. So it just didn't make sense filming-wise to uh, be able to get it done. Because quality over quantity in this case. And we had that fast food one in the can. So let's kick it. This this recap will be a little bit longer, I'm guessing, because we were had things to talk about when and did things. So Alex, your East Coast trip. Tell the people about it. Well, I uh, I flew to Boston, Massachusetts mm. Tuesday night. Of course, I got the middle seat. As people might know, um, planes are back to full capacity. Oh yeah. So I was uh, luckily. Some would say lucky. Some would say unlucky. I was wedged between. Two larger people on the plane ride there. Luckily, only an hour and a half. If it was any longer, I'm not sure I would have made it. But So the flight was, you know, not great. In terms of actual uh, what I did on this trip, I went fishing, like on a charter boat. Oh, wow. Everyone in the boat caught something. I did not. Had something <laughs> on, on the fishing pole, on the line, wasn't able to pull it in. So that's... 
That's a bummer, but I got to see everyone else's fish. You're reeling in. Is it, you're reeling in was kind of subpar. Is that is that what that no, means? No, I mean, I just I just think it it didn't really uh, catch. I guess I don't know. It didn't really get hooked, as they say. I think that's what they say. Yeah, so I didn't catch a fish, but I saw other people catch them. So that was cool. Nice. Uh, what else? I went to a, like a family reunion type party for some eighty year old twins. Um, so that was interesting. You don't know. I don't know any people that are that old that are twins. So that was that was cool. Hmm. And then I went to Boston downtown. Walked around downtown. there. Saw the site of uh, the Boston massacre. Whoa, dark. Went to the Haba. That was probably a surreal moment, though. The Boston Massacre spot? Mm-hmm. Mm, slightly overrated. Boston's a nice city, though. It's, it's relatively clean, cool. Hmm. Not too bad. And then what else? People are aggressive out there. I do. Went golfing. Nice. Classic. Played all right. Then I came home, and I went golfing again. Played all right. And then I uh, did the long journey home and spent Memorial Day doing nothing. Now we're back to work, back to real life. The long week is over. So your fairy tale, fairy tale trip is done. It's yep. set in. And we didn't have golf league this week. So even right. though Evan and I agree we should have. Wow. Because we really didn't do anything anyways. Oh, I also saw Evan at the, uh, the Memorial Day parade in town. That was, uh, Shout out. That was cool. I'm glad I saw him. Would have been worse if I didn't. <laughs> yeah. That, that's my week. Well, it's great. I wish you would have caught a fish. I'll be honest. Me too. Me too. What kind of fish were people catching? Like Stripers. Impressive ones? Called. They're about like anywhere from 23 to 32 inches or so. So a bass? Is that yeah, what they are? striper bass, I believe is what they are. Oh. They're, I just pulled a picture. These things are sweet. Pretty fish. Did they look like that? Yeah, oh yeah, that's exactly what they look like. Wow. They're cool and big. What kind of bait you use? They, uh, the, the, uh, it was like a fishing tour type thing. They, uh, just did normal, like, hooks, like the, the fake one, like the plastic little fish ones. This is out in the Atlantic, right? Correct. What's the water like out there? Was it choppy? Uh, it was a little choppy the further you went, and it was windy. A little chilly. So well. is, is Boston the town you stayed in the bulk of the time? Uh, I stayed about 20 minutes outside of Boston. In a town called? Plimpton. Plimpton. I'm guessing. I'm glad I, I asked. I can't remember. Also. I think it's Plimpton. Plimpton. Not to be confused with Plankton or Plymouth. Yeah, it's a combination of the two. Plimpton, I think. Interesting. Hmm. For myself, so I went southwest, like I said. I went to Arizona. To see some family so i don't get to see a ton because they live in arizona it's a far trip in covid my observations from the trip to arizona had a couple of takeaways i thought you guys might find interesting in the people since this is a sports podcast the west coast time zone which is what they were on because sidebar arizona doesn't do daylight savings so sometimes they're two hours behind the east coast and sometimes they're three um, and right now where they're at it's three behind so they're a mountain time zone. They just don't change. I don't know how it works. So like one of the only states that does not do um, daylight savings. So that's wild. But, hey, Alex, your face is kind of in my Zoom right there. And it's freaking me out. Like, look at your little eye right there. That's creepy as a creep. Yeah, get out of there. Get out of my house. You can move it. Get out of my house. Right. 
Anyways, I'm just sitting here. I haven't even looked. So, like, Lakers Suns, perfect example. It tips off, like, tonight when, uh, well, tonight when we're recording, tomorrow when you're listening on a Wednesday, they'll have played at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Stinks, right? Because as a guy that doesn't like LeBron like me and enjoys seeing him lose, I want to be able to watch that and stay up for it. So that way when I chirp people that like LeBron, I know what I'm talking about. In Arizona, 7 p.m. tip. I'm sitting there. I'm enjoying all the games. I mean, Saturday, you had like Celtics Brooklyn going off at 10 a.m. You had the Indy 500 at 9 a.m. You had all this stuff going on in the morning. You wake up and it's just sports. And then you have a lot of 4 p.m. games, which is nice. So when they're done, it's dinner time. And then you're, there's no sports on later than 10 p.m. It was a little weird. I think I texted the group my like first or second day down there about the Suns game. I was like, wait, no one's awake back home. This makes no sense. So that was on me. I adjusted to that. I was like, all right, past midnight, 1230. No one's going to be up watching these games. So that was observation one. I don't know how that really applies to us, but maybe just like, you know, as we think about life, just think about maybe I didn't want to, there's a big sport, sporting week going on. Maybe I should be on the West Coast. I'll be able to get it all in. Also, did some golfing similar to uh, Alex. It's a common theme on Memorial Day weekend. I want to get the course right. Uh, I went to Palm Valley Golf Club in Goodyear, Arizona. A Phil Mickelson property, which is kind of cool. Just coming off his uh, big PGA championship win. He had, uh, so all the cards had like his logo of him putting his like hands up in the air. That was pretty cool. It was a, it was one of the better courses I've ever played. Um, I haven't played a ton of like amazing courses in my life. So this doesn't mean like it's a phenomenal course, but my takeaways were it was really easy booking process online. The carts was an electric cart, which you, I mean, those aren't rare by any means, but it was nice just having a nice, quiet, fast cart. And uh, it's always a good thing when you, you're worried about keeping your drinks cold and you show up and they have a cooler attached to the cart with ice already in it. It was lovely. I was like, wow, this is, this is now this is a living. Hop in. Uh, broke 100, which is good. I played by myself, so take that for what you will, that breaking 100, you know. Like, may have given myself a mulligan here or there to get to uh, that. My takeaways from the actual golf was Arizona greens are lightning fast. And it's like putting like a marble on like a hardwood floor and just letting it roll around when you hit like when you hit a golf ball on it. And with all that being said, I still had two putts that each had one more rotation in them to fall in the hole, and I left them short. So go figure that I would figure out how to do that on the fastest greens in the world because they're all dried out. No, boring. I did not see any rattlesnakes on said course. I saw a lot of bunnies, so the exact opposite of rattlesnakes. Probably rattlesnake food. Um, chop bunnies, sorry. I know they're cute, but they just get eaten by rattlesnakes. And then last thing, Greg Norman polos. I bought one for the first time. Elite. Very nice. Incredible polos. It's a little 30% off sale at the resort for my community where my grandparents are at. And uh, I was like, yeah, I need to play golf. I'll get a golf polo on here. And uh, incredible fabric. Sweated through it in the 97 degree heat and it held up pretty well. And it just feels so good on your skin. I don't know what, what material they make it out of, but Greg Norman polos, if you ever have a chance to get one, get one. Even if you don't like polos that much like me, get one. If you're uh, really feeling yourself, the Greg Norman golf pants, Whoa. really, really nice. Uh, avid listener, Cody, a crate, would recommend those pants. And then I also need to add two things. These spark my memory of my uh, weekend. Mm-hmm. In Massachusetts, it gets light out at like 4 a.m. That makes sense. Crazy. So I was supposed to wake up at 5.30 to go fishing. And it was light out 
And I was like, oh my God, I overslept. I missed it. And I looked at the clock and it was like 4.35 a.m. It's crazy that it gets light that early. And then I think another thing that, Grant, you avoided, Evan, you might have just forgotten. There's a pretty big soccer game. Well, it's on my notes. A football match. Does anybody want to talk about it? Let's give Evan a chance to give his recap of what Memorial Day for him, because that's how I was trying to structure it. But yes, Alex, Mr. Tottenham guy over there who couldn't even sniff that game. We will get to that game. We've been in that game. We just, we lost that game, just like someone else lost that game. Right. So the floor is Evan. Evan, Memorial Day weekend. Walk us through it. Memorial Day weekend, like I said, was in Grand Rapids for baseball tournament. Um, That kind of took up my entire weekend. You know, like when you go out of town, you go on like a small little weekend trip. You hope that you get like some sleep. Mm-hmm. No, we played at 8 a.m. Had a warm up before the game at 7. So like my work alarm, like 5.30, running through the weekend, still waking up at the same time. So I'm behind on sleep. Um, but Memorial Day, worked in the morning because it went to the parade, saw Alex. Uh, then after that, played a little round of golf in the afternoon. Enjoyed a cookout with the fam. And then this week, a big week, shout out Arrows Baseball. We are hosting our own tournament this week, so a lot to do this week. That's why I said we have to do it tonight. Um, But, yes, the Arrows, this would be the second annual Arrows Classic will be held this weekend. Wow, second annual. So still getting it off the ground, working out the kinks from the first run. It should be our third, but it got canceled last year because of COVID. Where's this tournament going to be at so all the listeners can come support your team? Uh, this would be at Mitchell Park in Southeast Michigan, Raisin Township. Yeah, we play at we play a game Friday night, and then we play a game Saturday at 10 a.m. And then the bracket plays all day Sunday. Can't wait for all the listeners to be there to support your guys. Absolutely. Top, <laughs> top 10, Mitchell Park, top 10 youth baseball complex in the state of Michigan. For in sure. the world. I wouldn't go that far, but in Michigan for sure. I wouldn't go that far. And I'm not, that's no statistics or list. That's just my own personal experience. I'm sure like Richmond has a nice one or, you know, St. Clair Shores, but I'll put Mitchell Park up against a lot of them. Field one, when you got a game on field one, those Big that know, time. know, whoa. Big time. That red gravel they have, my goodness. Um, sweet. So Evan, oh, but when you said that about getting up early, I mean, that is just like, how, how is a coach of the Arrows baseball, do you motivate a team to warm up at 7 a.m.? <laughs> um, I'm, the ba- I'm the bad coach. You know, all coaches, we set curfews for our team. Like, hey, you have to be in bed by 10.30. This is a business trip. Get out of the pool. Go to bed. We're trying to win some baseball games this weekend. Um, so that's what I said. And I basically, when we warm it up, like, there's frost. We had an early, not, I wouldn't say early, but early start, yes, but a late frost, it was kind of cold in the morning, woke up and it was just above freezing. So when we were warming up, there's still frost on the baseball fields. That was fun. Um, and you basically used to tell the kids like, hey, let's go. They're young enough. So like they kind of don't really know, like, hey, they're tired. They're just up and at it. Yeah. They just, and I just basically tell them, hey, no excuses. I don't want to hear it. Business trip. Feed off each other's energies in the morning. Let's get after it. Get those sunflower seeds in your mouth. And your red... Uh, get those donut holes. Those Gatorade stains around your mouth. The red ones. Just get them going. We're here to play ball. So, as tough as the early wake-up calls might have been, as Alex alluded to, Evan had at least one bright spot in the weekend with the Champions League final that we talked about on the uh, our last show that we filmed live, not the fast food one. 
Yeah, it sucked. I was a Man City guy. Mm. My team was favored in the game. But as Evan knows, Chelsea had beaten Man City twice in the last six weeks. Now it doesn't tell the whole story because it was different events. And like sometimes both teams would sit out their best players in some cases. Um, sucked. It was it's Man City's first time ever in the Champions League final. So it's not like doomsday for them. They can probably grow from there. We had been bumped out a ton uh like in my couple past years of fandom in the quarterfinals, so making it to the actual finals was a massive step. It's really edge of your seat tough stuff because in previous events you play a home and away. This one's just a one shot type deal, which makes it very nerve wracking. And we lost, did not score. The final score was one nothing. I should have said that off the jump. So it's an overall boring game because soccer can get boring when no one's scoring, and that's what happened. Um, I will say the only thing that and it sucked too because if I was going to lose to Chelsea, I would have liked. Pulisic to score, which he should have in the game, should have had a goal, um, but it would have felt better if the American put us away, but he did not. So his league European lookalike, the Havertz guy, looks just like kind of Pulisic in a way, scored. So whatever. Our manager blew it, but we're not going to get into exes. Good old Pepe. As a new soccer fan, that's the first time, like the biggest soccer match of the entire world is going on. Super Bowl. Um and to cheer for, like, that game, like, I was actually nervous watching, which is kind mm-hmm. of shocking because if you ask myself, like, five years ago, like, hey, what do you feel about the soccer match? I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Um, but be like, oh, they don't score enough. But, I mean, there's exciting plays that happen during the match. Like, the opportunities early that Chelsea had, uh, Man City had a couple. And then you just, like, kind of get on the edge of your seat, like, oh, my gosh, you can put it in the back of the net. Um, and then we scored late in the first half, um, kind of shocking, kind of got away a long pass to like a fast break, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speaking of Pulzik, um, I had pretty big money on like an odds boost. And if you put that in the back of the net, I would have won some serious cash. Oh. It was like an odds boost for Chelsea to score in the first and second half and to win. And they were already up one nothing. Wow. And so if you put that one in the back, they would, and I would have won some big money. Damn. Yeah. Oh. It was. And I sprinkled it a little bit. I was like, yeah, you know, let's see what's it. The odds boost was just staring at my face. And so I sprinkled a little bit. Um, and then, like, seeing the like, the celebration afterwards was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting all of, like, the Chelsea Twitter. I'm like, yes, I'm a diehard fan. So I'm just liking every single tweet. <laughs> like, I'm one of them. Yes. Um, that feels good. I've been one to ten. And how invested were you in this game? I'm out. I was locked in for the entire game. I mean, are you like full on football fan now? I wouldn't say that far. One to ten, I'll probably say I'm a solid six. You're now. I mean, y- y- you are. And now that we won the biggest and brightest, um, I think you have to bump it up a notch. Uh, our manager will get resigned. And hopefully everybody comes back, and hopefully we pick somebody up. Um, Don't you dare say anyone's name that should be said. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Good. Harry Kane. That'd be nice. Harry's not leaving. The more rumors are flowing that Harry Kane and uh, Jack Grealish, another guy in the Premier League, want to play at Man City. So we'll see how that goes out this summer. But the problem is Man City has to get rid of some guys that don't want to be there anymore. I guess the good thing, though, for my fandom, like, selfishly, is, like, it's kind of nice when your team's still chasing something. Like, Man City, not to brag, you know, they win a lot of events. They've won the FA Cup. They've won the Caribou Cup and Premier League twice. And since my fandom, 
the only thing they haven't won is the Champions League. So at least I still have that. Like I'm still going to be fully invested next season for that. Um, it's just kind of nice, like to have. It's kind of like Detroit sports in a way. Like you want to see like them win it all, and so I'm still on that hunt. So that feels good. It sucked. Everyone can agree to see Kevin Kevin De Bruyne go down with that nasty like uh, broke his nose. I think probably possible concussion there too. That sucked because he's Man City's best player easily, and he played a decent. It would, I don't think it would have changed much. Like they just like I said, they played the wrong lineup. You can go follow other fancier writers for that X's and O's if you want. This is not the show for that, but yeah. Stinks when you don't give your best effort in the biggest game. Um, we'll continue catching up our, this is what I call it, this beginning part of the show since it's been so long since we've talked. We can check in quickly on the NBA and NHL playoffs I wanted to. Um, is there anything that stands out for you guys that you've seen? Maybe one or two things for me. Um, like I said earlier, I'm kind of giddy that the Lakers are in trouble here. You don't wish injuries upon anyone, but both teams have had them in the series where CP3 got a little banged up there. Andy Davis is a little banged up now, probably won't play tonight. Massive game five that you already know the result of when you listen, but that's what I'm tuned into uh, right now. And also, it kind of stinks for my Grizzlies that I picked. Um, they're in a tough spot right now after winning game one. But anything NHL or NBA that has caught your guys' attention in these playoffs that Detroit teams are sadly out of. I think the NHL playoffs, now that they're uh, letting fans in the arenas, has been awesome. I mean, oh, yeah. Like, wild. Boston, like, Boston was, so was loud, right? going crazy. Then also, I'm not an Islanders guy, but I kind of am because of Frankie Borelli, just like you. And uh, the Barstool video of them all reacting at the bar last night. The nuts. was awesome. That was like I they watched won. it like 30 times. That was like they won the cup. It was a little it was The second pause of everyone sitting there and then erupting was, was awesome. I watched it like 30 times. But I think the NHL playoffs have been uh, pretty exciting. And NBA. that's going to be us when the Red Wings finally make it again. Yes. We'll do a watch party and that'll be us, guys. Just hold on for that. NBA, I don't know. The first round's never too exciting. The, the main series is Suns-Lakers, obviously. And I'm pretty torn. I don't know what, what I'm rooting for. The Suns. I don't know. For sure. I love Chris Paul. I love LeBron. So we're, we're in a little weird pickle there. Mm. But then I also want to shout out Bryn Forbes for balling out. I mean. There you go. He's hot right now. There you go. And uh, the Bucks got their revenge on the Heat. Yeah, that was surprising. Sweet. Um, let's see. A couple big takeaways. Are all of our teams like that we picked, like that we're cheering for in the playoffs, or are they all still alive? Nashville's out At least a couple of them. It's a great point. Um, um, the Maple Leafs just lost a devastating game seven. They're out for me. The Grizzlies. Who was your hockey team? Though? I had the Vegas Golden Knights. That was a great series. They're well. in. You know? And then NBA, I picked like a thousand teams, so I'm sure at yeah, least one of them is still in there. <laughs> NBA playoffs, you know, it's kind of hard to stay up for the later games. Kind of fun. Jason Tatum balled out. Watch that. Surprised they won a 50 um, bomb. I'm cheering for the Suns, uh, my Bucks team that I'm cheering for in the playoffs. Giannis looks good. Um, and I think, like Alex said, I think we're all Islander fans. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm locked into the Islanders the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, we can, I'll, I'll pivot. Now that my my team's out. So my fallback, my fallback team when the wings got eliminated, and I can fall back to another team. So it's just a constant fallback until I'm rooting for a team in the finals like a bandwagon. Um, other than that... I don't have anything to add to it, but Indy 500 was back. Biggest sporting event since COVID. Kind of the theme of how the country's coming back to life. COVID's uh, over. Haley Cash. Yeah. I mean, basically, we saw it with the PGA, Phil Mickelson wow, type deal. Wow. Talk about that. Yeah, because we were off that one. But that scene was wild. But Haley Cash and Abbas, I guess it was a big deal for him to win. 
Uh, shout out our friend Luke, who was there with an absolutely electric factory Snapchat story. I had a slide up on that. Like, that was unbelievable that he, like, was there when he was climbing the fence for the flag. It just looked like pandemonium. Um, not, like, I'm not, like, a massive racing fan. I just love, that is, like, one of the coolest events when it's just on your TV because of all the colors and the sounds and the way those cars move left and right. So that was just cool. Shout out to the Indy 500. Um, and then another thing I wrote, too, that was on my mind is that fans, as we roll back, fans seem to be losing their minds when they're at events. Like, we're just spitting on people. Not used to it. We're throwing water bottles and getting arrested. We're throwing popcorn. Um, I think this is just a PSA for all of us to stay classy out there, especially Detroit fans, because we've had a, you know, we had a, we had a situation in the past, like 2000s, you know, the malice. So let's just oh, be like, what was that? Let's just be like classy as we, as we in Michigan start to roll back more and go back to events as Comerica Park gets filled up for this below 500 ball club. Let's just be classy. Okay. We don't need to spit on, um, give me a current. I was about to say, I was about to say Jeter or A-Rod, but those guys are long gone. So I just aged myself, even though we were still young. Um, DJ LeMahieu, let's refrain from spitting on Stanton, LeMahieu, Aaron Judge, those guys. So yeah, I don't know. Those were wild videos, weren't they? Like you just can't do that at the games. Yeah, I'd be worried about uh, tailgate season in the fall on college campuses. They might get a little bit rowdy. Just a little bit. Probably be awesome. I think booze are fine. I think we can all agree a good, healthy boo feels good. But let's booze. just, like, yes. booze. Let's just, well, no, not the alcohol. Both. Booze lead to booze. But, like, let's not get, uh, let's not get physical. Agreed. Um... Hunter Dickinson declared for the NBA. This is in the pre-show stuff because it's that. whatever. I think he's going to come back, but I'm a little nervous, and I just wanted to address it for the Michigan fans out there. Hunter, if you're listening, I think it'd be a great decision to go pro, man. You don't need to come back. You have a great left hand, great right hand. You can shoot from deep, and you're a great defender. I hate that out of you, but I love actually how Evan's like, Evan wants him to come back because he wants to beat him, and I respect that in the competitor of Evan. That's fine, too. Whatever you want to do, Hunter. I really don't care. And then I have two things, one that you guys may not have any pins on and one that we all saw probably giggled at. So I'm kind of stealing this from um, like SVP does that best thing I saw today. I had uh, something that happened, a best thing I guess I would see all week. So, and it ties into shot of Michigan sports. I want to give a shout out to Adrian College Baseball. They made um, the Division Three World Series for the second time in history uh, first time was in 2008, so it's been about well, that's like 13 years since. Coach Rainey coached me in uh, uh, youth baseball, and Gunner, who I played with, is there for for uh, his last season. And it was just the reason was they even made Sports Center top 10 plays. They trailed, they had to win three games in a row to win regionals, and they trailed in the ninth inning in all of them. And they had to beat the same team twice, who's a very good team, Wisconsin Whitewater. And in the last game, they were down 6 nothing in, like, the seventh inning. Kid hit a grand slam. Look up the video. He absolutely bat-flipped it to the moon. And then, so 6-4, to four, and then they score 3 in the ninth. They go to the they go to the 10th, and the kid hits an absolute bomb to center field, and they get to go to the World Series. So that's sweet. That was, like, just classic small, small little uh, D3 school that just absolutely balled out, and now they're in the World Series. So that will be fun to follow. Um, inside tangent, Michigan baseball qualified for the NCAA tournament. So I'm going to be watching their regional in Notre Dame, see if they can win. Central Michigan's also in the, in qualified for the match, So that's cool. And then funniest, so I labeled this one the funniest thing I saw all week. The fat, and we tw- our account tweeted this. How, I want to know your guys' reactions when you saw 
that Matt Patricia is being groomed to be the heir to the Bill Belichick throne. The poncho-wearing guy is about to take over. Evan, your thoughts? No, I just, this has to be, like, Matt Patricia, like, hacking his Twitter account with his, like, aerospace engineering mind and being like, yeah, this, this would get me hired again. Who am I going to do to get me hired again? No, Josh McDaniels should be the heir to it or literally anybody else. He is not getting an opportunity. I'm sorry. I don't know why Bill Belichick likes him so much, but I couldn't believe when I read that. I, I don't think there's a chance in hell that Robert Kraft is hired for Matt Patricia. What? <laughs> you think it's fake? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think I'll ever see it. I mean, did he see how he did in Detroit? It was a dumpster fire. What if it was Bob Quinn's fault? It was both of their fault. I don't know. Some of those, some of those uh, NFL counselors kind of come out of nowhere with uh, stuff like that. But there might have been, like Evan says, there could be some smoke. There's some smoke there. Keep your eye on it. And what if he did create a dynasty in uh, New England? The, the second dynasty, we'd probably feel sick to our stomachs. And then we would know. It's That'd Detroit's be the biggest fault. slap in the face of all time. He'd slap us across his face with his poncho. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of, this transition is kind of a reach. I need to grab a beverage. Go grab a beverage as I set us up for the first topic. That article, uh, the Matt Patricia, was from Pro Football Talk. Um, that's not where our first article comes from. It comes from Pro Football Focus. But you know, close enough. Pro Football Talk, Pro Football Focus. Um, if you hadn't guessed, our first topic of the actual Detroit sports this week is going to be the Lions. As we get into the summer months, it becomes tougher and tougher to find topics to that are current, relevant, because a lot of sports aren't going on, and we can't talk about the Tigers all the time because they're not super exciting. Um, so I found this article that really made me mad, and I don't get mad at a lot of articles out there, a lot of hot takes by people, but in the back of my mind, I always really, I still do respect pro football focus. I like how they take the statistical approach to the game. There's a place for that, just like there's a place for around the horn and first take and calling the interruption and all those shows. But I was absolutely knocked back into whatever seat I was sitting in when I read the list of this article, which was ranking all 32 quarterbacks ahead of the 2021 NFL season. And naturally getting in like, ooh, let's see where they put Stafford. Let's see where they put Jared Goff. Oh my gosh, I hope. Like, even though these rankings mean nothing, you still want your quarterback to be in a good spot on this list. It just makes you feel better. So I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm seeing some names, my jaw drops, I'm still scrolling, I'm like, oh, where is Jared Goff? Oh, they put him at 26 out of 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL for next season. A Super Bowl quarterback, a guy that has won in this league, a guy that was in one of the best games, shootout games of the last decade on Monday Night Football against the Chiefs. A guy that threw five touchdowns, and many of them were dime throws against the Vikings. And I'm like, okay, 26 is low, but then it's like, okay, well then who's ahead of him? Because that's the big question. Justin Fields at 25 hasn't played a snap <laughs> in this league. Jameis Winston slashed Taysom Hill. I didn't even see the slash until just now. That's so disgusting. But that tandem, that quarterback two-system approach is going to be better than Jared Goff. A guy who had a 30-30, which is not 30 points and 30 rebounds. That's 30 touchdowns and 30 picks in the season. Disgusting. Carson Wentz, a rehabilitation project in the Colts. 
Disgusting. Jimmy Garoppolo, like a poor man's Jared Goff. Disgusting. I mean, the list goes on and on. Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick, puke in my mouth. Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones, I said that already. Trevor Lawrence, guys haven't played a snap. I mean, guys, am I taking crazy pills? Help me out here. When you read this article, did you get as mad as me, or what are we talking about when it comes to Jared Goff this season? I'll go first because I think I'm going to shock you a little bit. Um, so like you, you posted this article and I was like, all right, you know, I got to find Jared Goff in this article first. Scroll down and Jared Goff was 26. My initial thought was like, meh, people don't like Jared Goff. No, they no, don't. You, no, you and then don't. I was like, right. No, Evan. And then I was writing my notes. I was writing my notes down and everything. And I was like, 26. I was like, that is just absurd and then i was like okay you know what i'm gonna go back to the article copy and paste it again looked it up and i was like you know who who is in front of him and grant just lists off a bunch of names i am shell-shocked of some of these names in front of him <laughs> like Derek carr is like 13th on here Wait, in what world? and then you get like all the analytic nerds to be like in the eighth best pff passing grade last year it's like no he stinks um and so I wrote down 26 is way too low. I'm going to give credit for his experience. I'm going to give credit for his actually ability to throw the football when he's healthy and he has like a decent offensive line. Um, and and comparing some of these quarterbacks, like Daniel Jones, no. Jared no. Goff is better than him. Yes. Uh, and like all the other uh, – that frustrated me. Um, Justin Fields, like you said, hasn't played a snap. No, Jared Goff is better than him. Um, and so I said he's way too low. 26 is way too low. Like, I would say probably move him up in maybe like six to 10 spots. Like, so I'd see him around like the 19, yeah. 20 to like 18 range. 19 sounds perfect in my mind. Um, as like the middle, like the middle quarterback, like a decent quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And it's like expectations this year what we should expect. Um, like he should be able to win football games for the Lions. He came in here to do that. The coaching staff, the front office wants him to win games. They've always talked about who he's here to stay. It's their guy. Um, they're not trying to move on from him, but we all think that they are going to. Potentially. Um, and then he's like the game manager, like limit mistakes. He doesn't have a strong arm like Matthew Stafford, my quarterback. Um, and then I think the number one thing is, like, throw with confidence. And like you said, he had a shootout against the Chiefs. Yes. He had a shootout against the Vikings on, I think, like, a Thursday night game. Oh, yeah. Um, he is talented to throw the ball, but I think his head coach, very good head coach, don't get me wrong, started to not trust him in the system. Yeah. Started to get away from him. Um, but I think if you throw with confidence and somebody believes in him, I think he can – get even better over the next couple of years. Throw it with confidence, Jared. I love that. As we know in any relationship in life, when the trust is gone, what relationship is there? How do you think Jared felt when Sean McVay was just dogging him to the media? Probably in-house, he's probably hearing whispers in the hallway, Jared just can't run my offense. He's just not good enough to run my offense. How would you do every day at work when your boss is just like, you just can't do the job anymore, Jared? Well, he can, and I think he will. He will. Al's going to feed that trade. He will. I will not allow this Jared Goff slander. This slander needs to stop. Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl 
Okay. The He's big the number one pick in the NFL draft. He has not had any, quote, like terrible seasons. Better at Cal than Aaron Rodgers. He's not a bust. Jameis and Taysom Hill ahead of him made me throw up. That's disgusting. Justin Fields has not, like Grant said, has never even played in the NFL. No. Daniel Jones is known for falling on a run more than he is being a good quarterback. And Fitzmagic, you could still argue, like, he's a lifetime backup. Jared Goff is not a backup. It's ridiculous. No cat. And I think <laughs> I expect him to be more than just, you know, a fill-in, more than serviceable. Our staff believes that he can be the guy. Our GM believes it. We believe he can be the Jared's guy. Jared's got, like Evan said, Jared's going to have confidence. He's going to be slinging it all around the yard to his no-name receivers. And I just I just think it's ridiculous. I, I would put Jared Goff as high as, like, anywhere from, like, 15 to 18 on that list. I think it was ridiculous that he was so low. Let's make our own list. No. <laughs> Screw this up. Jared Goff is going to surprise people this year. Including Evan, and I can't wait for it to happen. Can't wait. Evan's gonna be so surprised. His eyebrows are gonna be like this Whoa. all year. Evan, you've hold hated on. on Jared Goff quite a bit. Evan watching every well, line. Hold on, hold on. I do slander Jared Goff, but who had the best overall record when we predicted it out of us three? For what? When we predicted what? The Lions schedule. Who right, had the you best did, record? But I'm oh. basing it on the defense. Oh. Yeah, that is tough. You could just yeah. Damn. I could see Jared Goff sneaking us into eight. Why didn't I make the maps? Um Slightly above 500 team, damn it. Because I believe, I believe our defense is going to stink. There we go. That's how I'll spin yeah. my way out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> defense is bad, Evan. Offense is putting up 40 a game. Listen to this, guys. This will stand up the hair on your arm, give you some goosebumps. Goff has a top five passing grade when he has a clean pocket, is in rhythm, and targets intermediate throws 10 to 19 yards downfield. Sounds like Dan Talica's scheme with Mr. Lynn. I don't know about you, but got a pretty good offensive line that we're building. In rhythm, sure, why not? And we don't need deep bombs to Brashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams. Let's just hit a little dump-offs to Amonra and move down the field. Deep bombs are overrated. And I'm only saying that because we have a quarterback that's not great at them. I would love to have Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. But they're overrated. MIP, Jared Goff, most improved player next year. Book it, ship it, send it, place a futures bet on it. It's happening. Well, I would love to get behind that train, but I feel like that's just like a cookie-cutter cakewalk for Dak Prescott after what happened there. <laughs> you, you bring up a great point. Maybe sprinkle some money on both. Okay. All right. Maybe parlay that into a shared MIP award. Um, but if anything has anything else, I mean, that's pretty much my takeaways from that list. I think we kind of covered it. I do think at some point we need to make our own list just to sort it out. Because we shouldn't... We shouldn't uh, Bruce Gradkowski, who wrote this, sounds like a kicker in the NFL. We shouldn't crap on him too much. I mean, he did put his thoughts out there. We just disagree. So maybe we need to put our thoughts out there. I lost some respect for their credibility after that article. I will not be subscribing to their premium plan. That's for And sure. I will be willing to flip if all of that comes true. But for now. No. Don't flip. Just be like, all right, I was wrong. We got to see. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'll admit that I was wrong. Oh. Other lines news. Um, I guess, I mean... Putting Julio Jones on this week's show is kind of a stretch as I read it because it feels like every team is kind of has smoke for Julio Jones. I just think we should address for our loyal listeners where do uh, we stand on his Lions potential because at one point a lot of sports books had us as like the fourth highest odds 
to, or fourth best, I should say, to land him, which is kind of surprising considering where we're at, but I don't want to give any opinions away. Um, do you guys think that we're going to land Julio Jones is my first question. No. No, I don't even think we'll call. I don't think we have any interest unless he's free. Pick up the phone, baby. 32 years old. I don't think playing that in his office. He's picking up the phone. Brad didn't take a receiver in the draft. He's not going to take a 32. He let Kenny Gall. I mean, he sorry. did. Sorry. First round receiver, without the highly touted guys. He uh, he let Kenny Galladay walk. If he did all that just to bring in a 32-year-old Julio Jones, I would be utterly surprised. So I I don't think Lions fans should have any hope of getting Julio Jones. Even if it's like cool and flashy, it's it's not the right move, and I don't think they'll do it. Good points. No, you do make some great points, Thanks. and I think the odds have changed since the first time they came out. Or you can't really find them. Sports online and bet online. Um, we're not on there anymore as like the Titans and Shadow Titans and uh, Patriots are kind of like the favorites. Seahawks are flying up the board with Russell Wilson texting them. Um, but I think we were like, to put in perspective, I think we were one of the favorites initially because of one, our coaching staff played in the NFC South. So they're used to Julio Jones and what a matchup problem he is or coached against him. Two, we have the first-round pick that the Falcons kind of want. We have an extra one from the Rams. Shout-out Rams. Shout-out Stafford and the Rams. Um, and we could give up a first-round pick, potentially still have one left over. Two, we have a – or this is the third point now. We have a wide receiver need and obviously one of the best talented wide receivers of our generation could fill that void easily. My biggest thing, I don't think we'll get him, no, because I don't think we're gunning for a Super Bowl next season. But I just want the Lions to, like, throw their name into the fire just to, like, cause, like, panic Ooh. and mayhem. Get everyone excited. Because there is a team in our division that is freaking out that doesn't have an MVP quarterback wanting to come back right now. And there's some analysts that think to fix that uh, relationship is you bring Julio Jones into Green Bay. Okay, oh, now what would you do Bay. if your rival what are you thinking? throws their name Could into the fire? Into are you gonna they gonna throw everything out or are they gonna back out? I just want them to like throw the Lions name in there. Just get it out there. Dap a little bit in it, get your toes wet, and just cause panic in the NFL. So you're like the Joker. You just wanna watch the world burn. Yep. The Lions want Julio Jones. What madness? <laughs> I think it was like the uh I don't know, what's the phrase? Like the lowbrow thing to do to put us as the top odds when it came out just because everyone looks at our wide receiver room and laughs. Meanwhile, big, big bad Brad knows how to build a wide receiver room that's not like super flashy like they did in LA. So we'll, we'll be fine. But everyone thinks, oh, they need a wide out. They need a wide out. It's like, well, no, we don't. Like, we'll be okay. Don't worry about us. Worry about your own team. Um, I don't think we'll land him. And I'll be the first one to do the back half of the question. I don't think we should go after him. Personally, I was like looking up ages and primes of receivers, and once you get past the 30s, it's not great. Um, if there's anyone that could be an outlier for a few years, it would be Julio Jones, and I do think he can give a team like two solid years. I mean, if Des Bryant could be beneficial for a team, you know, here and there, obviously Julio Jones can. I just think we are not the team for that because, like Evan kind of said, we're not hunting for a Super Bowl um, in the next two years unless Jared Goff is the number one ranked pro football-focused quarterback next season after his performance this season. Then we would be, but no. And I'm guessing 
You guys both agree we shouldn't go after him unless someone shocks me. We should not. I'll take the we should not. All right. Good Good to see that we all have our level-headed common sense on this topic. Um, the only other Lions topic I had is that there were some Twitter uh, posts about Panay Sewell changing positions. I guess he went on an interview and they clipped that. May, I didn't listen to the interview, so this could be a quote out of context. It could be a make it a big deal out of nothing. But he admitted that moving from left tackle to right tackle is not that easy. And I found it interesting that a lot of well-respected linemen in the NFL then quoted that and said, like, yeah, we've been trying to tell you. Or, like, yeah, it's not that easy. So that made me a little nervous. Um, kind of a genius move on Panay's part. Like, if he doesn't perform that well, he can like, like, well, they moved my position. So... It's not my fault. It's theirs. And easy for us fans. Like, oh, there goes the Lions messing up a draft pick again. Um, did you guys kind of panic at this at all? Or just like, yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll see what happens when he's on the field. I would say I'm not panicking because it's still early in the offseason. It's one of his first days that he was at training camp um, that he was interviewed. Um, and I guess this goes back when we were doing our pre-draft process, how there was some smoke saying that Sewell wouldn't play right tackle, but it looks like he is willing to play right tackle for the Lions, and he has to just readjust. And footwork for the offensive line is a huge deal, and that's why. I mean, when he's probably been playing left tackle since he was a freshman in high school. And so when you completely change your feet around, now you're kick-stepping, now your hand placement is completely different. Your point of view towards the defensive alignment is different, completely reversed. I mean, there's a lot of small things that offensive linemen can get into, but I feel like the pass protection and your footwork is completely different. It's like like an average, like one of us. I challenge one of us tonight or tomorrow morning to try to brush your teeth with your left hand. All right. Just try to do it. it it's almost impossible for us. We can't do it because we never have. And so that's like for him, that's what he has to do is like move completely move the right tackle. And I think there's plenty of time he'll do perform well. I mean, he's a talented athlete. I have no no worries about the position change. Just based on this little thing I was doing here, mimicking it, I think Panay is going to be a bust because this is pretty difficult. <laughs> oh, boy. I uh, have stuff written down similar to what Adam said. I actually wrote, uh, try uh, writing your name left-handed, and that's how it is. That's how I All right, I'll do my right hand describing first. it. So it's tough. It's very tough. I'm a little worried about Someone it. Someone said that it's like right in your... Yeah, writing your name to your left hand. Oh, jeez. Let's see how this goes for Grant. Great, great pause in the action. So it was a, we, we, we drafted... We made a bus. We didn't draft a bus. We were creating a bus. Well, don't worry. I have a great idea how to fix it. Oh, no. It blends into my sweet background. Well, it's bad. So I need to know. No, it's terrible. Um, so I have an idea why, you know, if Sewell is a left tackle guy and he's going to be the greatest left tackle in NFL history and all this, you know, ridiculous things everyone's saying, why not just let him play left tackle and move Decker over to the other side? Why, why wouldn't we try that? Maybe Decker's more equipped to move to the other side. We could always try other things. Maybe bring in a right tackle, get rid of Decker. I don't know. There, there's other well, options than forcing Sewell to be a bad right tackle based on the whole like right with their left hand. I would be a terrible right tackle if I had to move. So it's a little concerning. He is 
also, like Evan said, he is a great athlete, and he'll probably be able to do it. And we're not elite athletes, no. so we can't really relate. So he'll probably be able to do it. So in that sense, I'm not that worried. But there's always other options, I guess. If it, if it really doesn't work out, just put him at his natural position. You make a lot of sense. I'm guessing this came down to, like, Taylor Decker is an established guy in the league, and he's like, I'm not moving, and financial is a rookie, so go learn right tackle. And it sucks that that's what it comes down to, but it's probably what it is. But I know I agree. My thought is just that Sewell's probably have way more upside than what we've already seen from Taylor Decker. We know what Taylor Decker is at this point. A solid offensive lineman. He's all right. He's okay. I'll bring He's your sick. lunch pail to work guy. I'm just going to protect our beautiful Jared Goff's backside. Sure. And then we have one more Lions topic that will be saved for Alex's rumor mail segment of the week because that is a rumor that is circling that he'd like to spill the tea on. Why I do my rumor segment now? Well, because I put it, you know, I like it when it's later in the show. That's why. Because right. now, to the Pistons! To the Pistons the and the Red Wings. We pair them together again on the show because they kind of have similar things going on. And uh, that would be the draft lottery. So not the actual draft, the draft lottery, which some people would argue might be more important because you can only get such a high pick. You know, you can only, there's only so much talent out there, so you need a good pick. They both are happening this month. And actually, it surprised me. I did not know the Red Wings was uh, tonight as you're listening. So tomorrow night for us, tonight as you're listening. The NHL draft lottery, um, just shoving it right in the middle of the playoff season. Just let's do it all at once. Let's get the eyes on the game, which I kind of like. You know, people are invested in the NHL right now with the playoffs, so might as well do the draft lottery. Um, and what I want to do is go to this handy-dandy website called Tankathon, where you can simulate what the draft lottery will be. And I will sim the uh, draft for us just one time. Maybe it will do three scenarios where it could range for each team. And then I'll leave it to my uh, two resident experts to tell us some kind of prospects that if we were to get these picks, you'd, you'd want. And then obviously as like the real draft comes up, we can do more in-depth on each guy. But it's kind of, kind of, it's kind of like a little uh, sampler platter of, of draft. So you guys aren't seeing my screen right now. Well, maybe Alice can peek over, but I will tell you, Evan. So right now, as it stands... Um, when you, when you pull up this website, we're sliding as the sixth pick. That's kind of like, I think, around where we are, where we where we fell at, maybe six or seven. So, but obviously, your odds are different because um, it is a random occurrence. So, we will sim the draft lottery and see what we actually get. This could potentially happen tonight as you're listening. I'm clicking sim, and we stay at the sixth pick. Stay at the sixth pick. We'll click it again. We got the seventh pick this time. So, we didn't move up. We moved down, actually. Evan's devastated. Last... Spin of the dice, the uh, lottery balls to see how high we can get. Six. So, if that is any indication, we are going to be six or seven. Um, the name they've given out to us is William Eklund. Um, nice. From a foreign country somewhere. Sweden. That I cannot pronounce. He's from Sweden. Or place in Sweden. Okay. And when we got the seventh pick, we got a defenseman named Brant Clark. So... Maybe uh, you guys throw out some names that you're feeling if we stay in the 6-7 range and maybe give the people a little tease if we get the first or second, third pick. If things get crazy, who could we go after? Evan, let me go first. You, wow. you, go ahead. You can, you can hammer the defenseman. I'll hammer the forwards. Or, and if you got more forwards, you can talk about more forwards. I have goalie duty. All right. <laughs> so I, I have written down four forwards. One of them is William Eklund, like you mentioned. 
That's our guy. From Sweden. He Eight. plays in Sweden. 5'10", 172, 18.6 years old. How do you do? I'll give him. I'll give you the brief skinny on him. He's mm. a complete hockey player. 11 goals, 12 assists. Yes. Rookie of the year in the professional Swedish league. Mm-hmm. So, complete, complete player. Number two, Matthew Baneers. Well, he's going second in my draft. A local. Well, I'm just. I'm not reading in order. I'm just reading four guys. Oh. Local guy, you know, University of Michigan. You All I wrote for him scores goals. Just an elite goal scorer. Wow. I'm sure the Red Wings could use that. Paired with uh, Jacob Verana. Yeah, maybe you can take a Dylan spot. Next, I got Mason McTavish. <laughs> I almost slipped that one through. Plays in the OHL. I guess he's like 18. Okay. These guys skater. are all 18. Yeah, they're all young. Great skater. Can Who's this guy? Can and dish in super young prompts. Mason McTavish. Feels like a reach. He's 14th on my big Well, that might fit in for us nicely. And lastly, I got Kent Johnson from Michigan. Another local Eighth. homegrown guy. 6'1", 165. Sniper. He's a sniper. Super skilled with the puck and an absolute sniper. So I think any of those four would be great options for the Knights at forward. I love that. Now, Mr. Hockey himself, what does he have to say? All right, so Alex did the forwards. I have defense and um, the student lead or the favorite to go number one overall is the number one defenseman in the draft is Owen Power from the University of Michigan. He is just like the big boy on the block. He's 6'6", 213. Everybody wants him. Um, I mean, he is huge. I'm looking Michigan to get their national championship like tournament, like they got, they got in and then COVID hit their team. And so they didn't get to play in front of a national team. They did, nobody got to see this Michigan team because there's a bunch of prospects on the team. So Owen power is obviously the number one pick. If we get the number one pick or if he falls somehow, if he falls, like that's the number one defenseman that you're going to want. Um, another name to keep in mind is Luke Hughes, uh, place for the USA U development team, U18 team um he skates pretty well he's only 6'2 but he can score offensively i think he had like 30 some points this past season he had six goals but 28 assists um pretty athletic for a defenseman um another north american skater um defense would be his name's brant clark Mm -hmm. same body build as luke hughes um and there's some People or some hockey analysts that actually think that he would be a better fit defensively for some teams than uh, Luke Hughes. And so it's kind of funny when you see some articles like um, the one article I read was breaking down what each team, if they got the number one pick, which player they should take. And Brent Clark was like the second most favorite person to be taken. It was like Owen Powers was like number one, Luke Hughes, and then like Brent Clark. Wow. Um, a player to keep in mind. Um, another defenseman to keep in mind. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name. No, I, I know. I say it. I, I see He's from that. Sweden. Yeah. Um, Simeon Edvinson. Edvinson. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, I would say this is like option two for us because he's a defenseman. He's 6'4", not big as Owen Power, but he's 6'4", 198. It's another defenseman that the wings obviously need, and I think he could potentially become a weapon for the 
the wings and like we need to build up our farm system. So there's a couple defensemen that I've said that I think the wings need to look at and I should know this, but we have a bunch of draft picks and I kind of like in my, just my personal opinion, I kind of like taking more like offensive guys later in the first round or the second round where you can develop them more by just playing them on a certain lines, playing with certain people where defense, you kind of have to like groom them more often because it's a tougher position to play. And I feel like if you get a better prospect early in the draft, go defense. That's what the wings need. Any goalies you like? Um, no, I think we're going to hold on to our goalies. Uh, and obviously with like a top seven pick, I don't see anybody taking a goalie anytime soon. Um, there's no Patrick Waz in there. I, 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 not that I've seen, not that I've heard. Um, it'd be cool. There's no Mark Andre Fleury is popping up, but if you want one name, I am going straight on no research. I'm just going straight on size. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Kosa, six six two ten. Want him just because he, based on size. Hard to score with that From much. Canada, body in point five years old. That much body in the yeah. Name. WHL played in Edmonton, so sure. There's your one goalie. All the dudes that I was googling, all the guys' names when you guys were talking about them, they all looked sweet. I mean, they all had nice flow, good sure. hair flow, which is what you want. Um, one of them looked kind of skinny. I didn't love that, but can't go wrong, really. I think, like you said, defensive wise, a little I know, it'd be kind of cool to pair one of these guys up with the. Uh, Maurice Sider guy that's supposed to be coming down the pipeline. I think that'd be a cool like one-two punch for like 10 years to come. Um, but really, you can't go wrong because when you need everything, you're able to draft everything. So stay tuned for that. I, I guess, Evan, are you nervous? Like, How was your nerve level for tomorrow, or tonight when people are listening of the draft lottery? Um, it, it last year was more nerve-wracking because we had like the fourth pick and we had pretty good odds. Now we're at sixth and seventh. Shout out Verona for scoring a bunch of goals and winning games down the stretch. Yeah. Um, not a bad thing. I'm not gonna credit the, I'm gonna credit the kid. Um but you know, there's always a little small hope because we have what a seven point six percent chance to get to win the lottery. Ooh. And hey, why not? How about Detroit get some luck and actually get the first pick? Yeah. And then basing off your your point with like matching up the defensive guys, I do like that. And I think Iserman has some plan in the future to where the talent pool of the forwards is higher, where you can sign like uh, free agents later in the later down the road of one or two years on like a big splash signing to where you instantly improve your team, where you just build up the defense in the draft. I like that. Maybe like even, Jack Eichel. Maybe Jack make Eichel. the trade. Yeah, maybe Jack Eichel this summer. Rip that C off Dylan's chest and just slap it on Jack's like a Velcro. No, oh my gosh, never mind. Okay, never. I never said that. <laughs> never. I disavow. I take it back. So that's the NHL. That's the immediate future. That's that's the night you're listening. Now we have the Pistons, who I guess would be in the swing situation of last year, where the odds are pretty high to potentially get the fir- as high as they can get to get the first pick. So it's almost like the stakes are a little bit raised. That draft lottery is not until June 22nd, and the draft will be, you know, a ways after that. But let's just spin – let's give the old tankathon three spins and just kind of see here what uh, – we'll probably do this a couple times leading up. You know, it's just fun. See, see what happens. So let me get to my, my – let me go to my uh, mock draft. So we're the second worst team in the league. Shout out us. Sim this puppy. Ooh, we got the fourth pick in the NBA draft on the first spin. That's bad. That's not what you want. 
spinning her again. We got the third pick in the NBA draft, so we're not really getting in the top two. Could be rigged like Evan thinks. Oh, we got the first pick in the NBA draft in the last spin, folks. So, basically... I think which, we should go one by one in this order. Which is right. Like It's kind of a flip of a coin to get in the top four. And there's really only, what, four couple guys that, that we four have. Four guys I want. We have our four, four guys I'd be okay with. So what do you say? that, I would be pretty pissed. <laughs> For being honest. You're mad. Uh, well, what was your uh, suggestion? For how I think since we all are uh, pretty well-versed in the uh, available players, we should just each take a player and just go in a circle and talk about it. Okay. Instead of like one guy just talking about the same four people and then the next guy talking about the same four people, you know? I can do that. Well, I, I mean, I don't have since, – since we're not as close, I would just say as I stand right here, it will probably change is that I really want Cade Cunningham one. Um, if I had the sec- if we got the second pick, I would probably go Evan Mobley two. And I'm kind of stuck between the two Jalen's right now. Jalen Green has kind of grown on me recently. Probably thinks that Alex for making me watch his G League highlights, Boy. which were like the G League is really boring, so it does them a disservice. But I could see his kind of growth there. And based on what I think the Pistons need more, um, I think he might fit that a little bit better than Suggs. I love Suggs. If we didn't have Killian Hayes, I'd love Suggs. I just think Suggs and Killian Hayes are kind of similar. But uh, I'm open to any any persuasions as we get closer to the draft. But, if, I mean, if we get Cade Cunningham, we're making the playoffs next year. So let's just hope for that. Cade Cunningham is an absolute dream. It'd be, like, the greatest day in Detroit sports in a long time if we got oh, the okay. first pick and got Cade Cunningham. In a long time. There yeah, you go. no, not, not ever. That's, that's ridiculous. But... That would be awesome. You asked if Evan was nervous about the Red Wings lottery. I'm terrified for the the Pistons. And so is Evan because he's he's said that he thinks it's going to be rigged against us. This is franchise all. This is a franchise altering draft for us. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the remainder of our twenties will be decided potentially on this draft. There's four guys. We've got to be in the top four. My order's different than yours. Cade Cunningham one, Jalen Green two, Mobley three, Suggs four. That's how I. That's how I rank them. I like uh, Jalen Green's upside, and he might be the best scorer in the draft. And I, I don't love big men. I don't know. It just seems like a dying position in the NBA. So I would rather take an athletic freak at guard or forward and have him play. Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic. No, I know there's good centers. You know, big men are dead. It's just <laughs> what are those teams for? They definitely aren't top two in MVP. But unless for sure. unless the, uh, the big is Anthony Davis. Then. Oh, him too. Thank you for continuing yeah, to make the point. No, that, that's a different breed. And I like Suggs. Like so on to me? But yeah. It's tough. So I think what I think the I'd say that we have a 14% chance to get the first and like 11 point something percent chance to get the second pick. And I'm going to be like super like stubborn about this. I am a two guy train. Okay. And there's only two guys that I want and everybody else I like I don't really – Care, I Cunningham obviously K Cunningham number one and Jalen sucks. All right, Killing Hayes. I think he is a like true point guard, like a facilitator, and then somebody that can score at will. And that's K Cunningham and that's Jalen sucks. Those are my top two guys. Now, a third if I want to get a top third, sure Evan Mobley just because it's like the position that we need, like a a size down low. Um, I think he could pair up well, and but I also think like if you get Cunningham or Suggs, your I always mess it up. Your guards are set for the future 
for a while. Hayes, Bay, and one of those two. Um, and I don't really like the guys that play in the G League. Bias. I haven't really watched a bunch of scouting tape on them. I'm doing a little recency bias. I'm doing the March Madness, the people that stood out to me. Yeah. Um, uh, Scotty Barnes didn't play a lot, but you know he's a freak athlete. Alex says he wants freak athletes. He's a freak athlete, small forward, can handle the ball, can get downhill. Um, and then a guy that if we were later, like in the 6 to 10 range, uh, Davion Mitchell from Baylor. Love that. Athletic freak. I mean, if there's any way we could get like pick one and like pick five and just take Cunningham and Davion Mitchell, boom, I'd be happy. There's any way we could do that, like Davion Mitchell, he stood out like he was probably one of the better players in the tournament. Yeah. Um. So there's a name to keep an eye on. I know he's not going to go that high where we're picking, but he's like a top ten pick now. So he's a talented freak. Love freaks. What we will leave the people with for this um, first edition of the Tankathon as we get closer to the NBA is just close your eyes tonight and think about the starting lineup of. Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Cade Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, and Isaiah Stewart. Playoffs. It's easy playoffs. It's nice. It's nice to see. Oh God, so good. You can sp- <laughs> sprinkle in a little Plumley, sprinkle in Davion Mitchell off the bench because we swindled our way into the top five and grab him. And then we're going to sign Miles Bridges next offseason. Yeah, we'll bring Jaron Jackson. We'll bring... Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. to be our veteran guy. We'll just bring everyone. Just move back to Detroit, guys. We'll bring Draymond in. Clay Thompson. Right. So good. We'll become a free agent destination, a landing spot for everyone in the NBA. Yeah. Just pray to the lottery gods every night. It's your only chance. Shout out Game of Thrones. What gods do you pray to? The lottery gods. That's who we pray to in June. I'm I'm praying to the lottery gods. Dear lottery gods. All right. So that concludes our Pistons Red Wings, which brings us to, uh, I don't I was going to say the most anticipated. I don't think that's true. I, was just, nah. I guess it's a filler segment that Alex wanted to invent for himself. Alex Rubermill's segment of the week. So, you get some uh, like drops in the middle where you can like play a little soundbite of that, what you just say. What? Alex's Rubermill segment of the week. <laughs> I'll just say it just like that every single week. Oh, so my rumor mill segment. We need people like whispering in a coffee shop as the background noise. Like, did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you hear about this? Todd. Harry Kane is going to Man City. Oh, I spoiled it. Todd Gurley visited Detroit last week, as most people know. However, he left without signing a contract. But as of today. He forgot a pen. Tuesday, June 1st, the Lions and Todd Gurley have. uh, had talks, and they are, quote, heating up. What? So. This is a real rumor. Take it for what it's worth. There's a real chance. Confirming on the web. Todd Gurley could be coming to Detroit. Todd Gurley? You you might not find it. You have to go go deep in the web. (laughs) I'm watching a video. Keep keep an eye on Todd Gurley this week. If you type in Todd Gurley's name on Twitter, you'll see it. Some guy, Jared Evans, shout out. He said Todd Gurley's first Lions carry, and it's an old guy playing a flag football game. I mean, it's a 95-year-old man running the ball. (laughs) What do you guys think, though, if the Lions were to sign Todd Gurley, how would you feel about it? Hate it. Would become a Packers fan. That's extreme. That's extreme. That is extreme. A little extreme. He could score touchdowns. Um, You're right. I would hate it, though. It's probably cheap. Probably not. Probably, like... 
commands some salary just based off his name. Most touchdowns. I don't think I would out. hate it. I would just question the move. Mm-hmm. I'm in crowded backfield. You signed a free agent. You drafted a running back, and then you bring up a a former All Pro, former league leader, but he has no knees left. You want me a fantasy um, football title? Which our coach wants knees. Or maybe yeah, he wants a lack of knees. doesn't happen. So maybe. <laughs> but Evan, you wanted Najee Harris drafted at seven, so wouldn't you? You did. You did back? want that. You were that guy. I didn't say I wanted him at seven. I would just say, like, I wouldn't doubt it. And, like, having more athletes doesn't hurt your team. Okay. Not talking about he's on the back half of having been a athlete. Like, he's on the decline. But he can't score touchdowns. He has familiarity with Jared Goff, with Brad Holmes. Um, I would just question that. I wouldn't hate the move. Yeah, almost too familiar. Why don't we just get Todd Gurley and Julio Jones and just be like the little daycare center for guys in the back half of their careers? Both from Atlanta. Yeah, I would hate it. I would be indifferent. I don't think it would really change the outlook of the team. But spicy little rumor mill of the week. We'll see how that... Um... So, the next segment after that riveting rumor mill is the Detroit Tigers, who I say we've talked about a decent amount, you know. You think? Um, but... This will be our end of May Memorial Day check-in. As as a wise people once say, don't really read too much into a baseball season until you get to Memorial Day because that's when the summer really heats up and that's when moves are made throughout divisions. I guess I'll just pose the question to you guys. Do you guys think that the Tigers aren't as bad as we thought earlier in the in our um, podcasting career? Because Alex used to have the famous, infamous dump, dumpster fire uh background and we said we need Theo to save us, which I still agree, but I don't know if they're quite as bad as we thought. Still bad. Still bad. I will say we're still bad because we still don't have position players. We still don't spend money. We still don't have anything worth anything. However Well, I think we have something However Mice has been really good. Evan, shout out you for being right. Uh, I think he's got like four or five quality starts in a row. Tip your cap to Casey Mizell to do it. Uh, I gave him credit. I no, you owe him a tip, an actual tip of the cap. Okay. Four to five nice. quality starts in a row. Scoople hasn't been great this year, but I think he's getting closer. He's been a little better in the last few starts, so that's promising. And then you got Riley Green and uh, Torkelson playing well. But let's just remember it's in single A and double A. So can I get that excited about it? No. So therefore, yes. the Tigers, because four players doesn't win you the World Series, uh, we are still a dumpster fire as long as Alvila is the GM. Yikes. That turned aggressive at the but end. But I do like what I've seen from Casey Mines. Shout out you up. Yeah. Hell yeah. Go ahead, Evan. Um, okay, uh, we're a little bit better than I think we thought we were. Um, kind of scrap a couple wins here and there. You know, we sweep the Yankees. Uh, we swept the Mariners. Shout out uh, Turnbull for his no hitter. Uh, shout out is us. There... Bad timing. You know, if we just did podcast one day later, we really did, or like eight hours later, um, we would have something very exciting to talk about. Um, so that was like two weeks ago now. Uh, but like Alex said, Casey Mize, 
his quality starts. He doesn't get rack up the wins, but his quality Talk starts. So his month of May, I'm gonna I'm gonna read off his stats for his month of May. Do it, please do. So I mean, Friday night he pitched against the Yankees, and he, so he had one, two, three. He had five starts in May. Pitched at least six innings in all of them, besides one. And the most runs he gave up in any of the starts was five, five hits. And only gave up one run in all of them besides one, gave up two runs. So five innings pitch, five hits, seven Ks, six and one thirds, three hits, six Ks, seven and two thirds, seven Ks, six innings pitch, only gave up three hits, struck out four, six innings pitch, gave up three hits, struck out three. I mean, he had three no decisions and two wins. I mean, he's developing into a number one pitcher in front of us, a little premature. We kind of would like it to be a little bit later when we're actually better. But, I mean, it's good to see that the young pitching is actually, like, here and, like, right now. Um, Turnbull has turned into a stud. We have some guys down the minors still coming up. And, Alex, like you said, I think Torkelson and Green you can kind of get excited for because you want to see your top prospects do well at any time in any level and seeing Torkelson hit two bombs the other night and the absolute blowout win is two home runs, two of his first couple home runs of the years. Good to see, but I still don't think this team can do anything in the next couple of years. Cabrera's a shell of himself. He's batting under 200. He's hard. 20 of his 25 hits are just singles. He doesn't drive the ball with power. Our batting average is getting better, but it's still team collectively. It's below I think 270s. I think it's below 260 even. Yeah. Akil Badu hype train is falling off a little bit, but he did homer yesterday. Ba-doo. And they're playing right now. They're tied up 1-1 with the Brewers. I think he's hitting it. Um, but the, I guess a promising thing to look forward to Stop. is like the pitching staying strong when we're heating up. No, it's true. I'm looking at the, the last results. The thing about Miza's box scores real quick before, so it seems like and I'm cool with it, but it seems like he's not a massive strikeout guy, but he pitches to like weak contact, which I think there's still a place for it. People get uh, obsessed with how many strikes per nine innings do you have. I don't know, it's a little overrated sometimes. Like if you can get a guy on the first pitch or second pitch, like on a ground ball, that's a weak ground ball, take that any day of the week because it saves your arm more. So I wouldn't be too nervous about his lack of strikeouts. The key is that he's only given up like three hits per start in a lot of them. So that's very impressive to see. It, it looks like, it's really fascinating. If you look at our last four series that we played against Seattle, Kansas City, Cleveland, New York, we only gave up seven runs one time, seven or more. Which in like today's MLB, I mean, seven runs is still quite a bit, but in today's MLB, people put up runs left and right. And it kind of just goes to show, like, if you just read off how many runs we gave up in the last, I don't know, I'll just go so I feel like I hit a high number. We gave up three runs, two, one, two, Five, one, or no, sorry, zero, four, six, three. So like nothing, nothing massive, no massively crooked numbers. And it goes to show that our, our young pitching staff is performing well and we're staying in a lot of these games and winning a lot of these scrappy games, but we just have no offense. So like, obviously your ceiling's only so high. And I think the only other bright spot I would point out on our team is the kind of emergence of Michael Fulmer as a nice bullpen piece. Um, sadly, guys like him and Turnbull are likely sell candidates at the deadline because we're not in the position to really capitalize on Fulmer being this profound or um, I would say revived closer. 
And I told Alex, I think, in the car the other day that I love the mindset of our manager, A.J. Hinch, to use Fulmer in the eighth inning sometimes when one, two, three is up in the opponent's batting order. For as long as I can remember watching Tigers games, it was like, hey, we don't bring in our closer to the ninth inning no matter what. And I'm like, well, I've always, like, let's just use the best guy in the highest leverage spot. And it seems like we are doing that um, because we have a competent manager who knows how to utilize a bullpen. So that's encouraging. And also, like, it's good to see the pitching be good because we had uh, one of their big hires, too, was the pitching coach from Michigan, Chris Fredder or Fetter. It's either Fredder or Fetter. But uh, he, he took Michigan to the College World Series, which is a tough thing to do. Um, in college baseball, and it looks like his pitching philosophies are helping some of the young guys. Like Alex said, Scooble just had like an alarming amount of strikeouts against the Yankees in his last one of his better games. So he has nasty stuff, and if they can get it under control, we can get moving here, but we need pieces to hit. So my biggest thing in the offseason, we need to sign a shortstop. I want a sweet shortstop. I want to pay money to play. I mean, I want an awesome shortstop at some point. We haven't had one of those in a long time. Like, like... Hit over 300, sick glove, shortstop. Come on. have one of those. Like well, after, you want a live update on the Tigers? We're talking crap about McGregor Cabrera, and he doubled and had three RBIs um, while you were speaking, Grant. Wow. Uh, and the scope just homered. So now they're up 6-1 to one when they were tied 1-1 one to one when I was speaking. Cabrera heard us talking bad about him and instantly base-clearing double. How about that timing and that offense that just came to life? And look at that. We only have given up one run, so the pitching continues to hold. Look at us. We'll probably lose 7-6. Seven, seven, Did we ever talk about that game that we were up to like 8-1, to one, and then they tied at 8-8, eight, eight, and then we won 9-8 in the bottom half of the ninth? No, that it was, was against sweet. the Royals, wasn't it? It just shows where the Tigers are at. You know, you get a massive lead, you blow the entire lead in one inning, and then you take it back. Well, then there was least, also that, it was exciting. that game we saw at B-Dubs that Miguel hit a Grand Slam bomb. That was great. To uh, basically win that game. So that was sweet. So he does have his moments here and there. And we should just soak him in as he as he takes his, like, uh, basically. As he steals money from retirement tour and robs us of money. Well, not us, but Little Caesars. The Illich. That's pretty much all I have on the Tigers. I'm a little bit more optimistic. I'm not sure how many games I'll watch, I'll be honest, guys, but. I don't know, things to follow. I'll probably tune in for some of my starts just to see how, how his stuff's moving. Is it looking nasty? Is it looking filthy? Is it looking sweet? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'll just be tuning in for Casey Mize, and then I'll uh, I'll tune back in when our GM decides to spend some money. So, Casey Mize and Fries. Or maybe when Riley Green makes his MLB debut, which I'm guessing maybe it'll be this year on this pace. But probably not. Probably, probably not. Be cool. He talks about all those like fancy minor league rules. Yeah, it'd be make. cool if he played like five games. Sure. Have a little like he killed the dude. A little teaser. Yeah. Yeah, that blew up in our face, like Evan said. Yeah. That's <laughs> but it was fun. We enjoyed it. It was exciting. And now for our last segment of the week, a fun one, a relaxing one, a one that doesn't require much thought, one that I really haven't put any thought into, so I'll be doing it live as we talk. Topic four, a final four segment. Summer edition, again, another way for you guys to learn more about us. So this final four is the top four things that I guess when you think of summer, you think of that apply to summer. That could be an event, could be a place, could be food or drink, an activity. And I would say since there's so many good ones, let's try not to overlap on each other. So if someone takes one, try not to use it again. This could actually be a snake draft one day, honestly, now that I say it out loud. But for now, because I guess the reason there's nerds like Alex out there 
who say, oh, summer's not until late June, I don't, whatever the I day on the calendar is. That was June start or summer starts on Memorial Day weekend. Everyone knows that. The minute you get that long weekend, it's usually in the seventies, sunny. You're golfing like like all of us did. You're doing American things like cooking out, all that. That's when summer starts. And then, I agree with and that. And then it ends in Labor Day. It's two holidays. It starts summer. It's perfect. It's easy. You can't forget it. I agree with that. So please don't. Ladies can wear their white pants. I mean, it's just a show. You know, get after it. Guys bring out the Burks. Women bring out the sun skirts. That rhymed unintentionally, but here we go. Let's go into this. Summer activities, Birkenstocks, number one. I'm just kidding. I've never worn them. I never probably will. (laughs) You're off the rails. No, you're on the rails. I don't think summer starts on June 20th or whatever the official day of summer is. Well, you said it today. Yeah, it was a joke. Well, it wasn't funny. Take a joke. It was not funny. And your white pants comment wasn't funny, but we moved on. It wasn't a joke. It was just real. You're allowed to wear white pants. You're allowed to wear white pants at all times. No, no white pants after Labor Day. I've never heard anyone say that. But anyways, I'll that, go first. The female audience will be stunned. You've never heard that. That's how actual thing people say. I'll go first. Okay. After that. In your white pants. I'm going to go with uh, summer booze, specifically Coronas, high noons, and like summer shandies. No, pick one. No, just like drinking those. It's just like those three are like what I think of in the summer that I want to drink by like by the pool or at the lake. I just think like when I think of summer, I think of those drinks, and I just I just get excited about drinking those things. What a flex your bouginess. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna drink those in the winter, really. I mean, you can. It's just not the same. Ten dollars for a four pack. How how do you do high noons? I mean that. That's steep. I hate to be that guy, but I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, they're expensive, but they taste great. So they I'm, are really good. If well, I want to splurge one weekend, Grant, I think it's okay. It doesn't mean I'm rich. All right. Adam, you go next. Grant should go last since he's unprepared. Fair. <laughs> uh, summer edition. Things I look forward to in the summer, and it's good old-fashioned lake days. Uh, oh, great choice. Everyone has Hop on the boat. And take a drive on the lake. You spend a whole day just soaking up the sun, hanging out with your friends, get onto the uh, the sandbar, have a little drinks. And there's nothing better than a lake day in the state of Michigan. And it actually resonates really deep with this podcast because that's actually how and why we were friends with Alex. That's now, is there some deep personal wound that I caused you that you have the need to go after me in this last session? No. Now we're just co-workers through this podcast. Where I wouldn't maybe really say we're friends, but we were. Grant's know. mom paid me to hang out with him <laughs> because he has a pool. So Another classic summer activity. Bribing your friends to be, to be <laughs> friends be with their friends. sons. Yeah. Oh, uh, mine. Cool. Okay, so... It's crazy. It was the top two ones I had in my brain unprepared with Corona Light and Lake Day. So now I'm scrambling. I think I'm going to go with something that's not. No, I was going to go with something that's not really deep in my heart what I associate with. So I will go with an event that I do love, Faster Horses. Oh, it's my third one. Oh, so I will take Faster Horses um, since we are shot at Michigan Sports, a Michigan's three day country music festival. I mean, if you've been, you know, needs no explanation. Just. No rules, a lot of sweating, a lot of drinking, a lot of just bodily fluids in one camping situation. It's faster horses. To me. Yeah. Bonfires. Love oh. a good summer bonfire. Good pick. Can't beat it. As as 
Evan would know. Evan's usually the fire guy, the fire master. Pyrotechnics. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's fun to play with fires. It's not safe, yes. maybe. But sitting by a bonfire in the summer in Michigan, can't beat it. It's fun to pee out fires, too. It's a great time. Underrated activity. And it, the best bonfires, too, is like when you have those long days where the bon- like people that were having a bonfire come over at like 9.30. Like, holy cow, that's when our night's starting because yeah. the sun's not even down yet. Have some brews. Oh. Sit by the fire. Clear skies. Stars are out. Can't beat it. Yeah. Add it. My next one, I'm going to go with barbecuing slash grilling. Um, barbecue, my favorite type of food. Um, and then just nothing like just grilling up anything, basically. You know, we typically grill meats, but, you know, there's some underrated things to grill. Grilled pineapple is delicious. Grilled peaches are delicious. Vegetables. Um, but I'm a big, you know, like good old-fashioned burgers. Um, mm. Can't go wrong with any type of like red meat, um, venison backstretch oh. or top of the line. Oh. So um, beer butt chicken, um, I'll go fashion brats, you know, you name it, oh. put it on the grill. It's summertime. Evan, if I gave you one of those like classic, uh, classic plates that has like the three dividers, like one for your meat and then like two sides, like what's your ideal barbecue dish in the summertime when you're putting that together? And I'll give you one <laughs> little side cup of whatever you want to put in it too. One main I'm going brisket mm-hmm. as the main meat. Yeah. Um, and then two side dishes. Huge barbecue guy. I'm going to go just a good old-fashioned sweet corn mm. um, in the summertime, grilled or, you know, boiled. On the cob? Um, and it, on the cob, or some people, like, cut it off because some people don't like mowing it down. On the cob is bust for me. On the cob, it's delicious, yes. yes. Um, so I'm going to go sweet corn. Um that last side dish, it's so hard because some people like will argue it. Um, Forget those people. Hmm. It's your it dish. is pretty difficult. It is pretty I difficult. God, I can't pick. I can't pick. Baked beans, mac and cheese, bushes, coleslaw. That's what I'm saying. Like those are great. But then like Baked a potato. nice coleslaw is oh, delicious. Great. Some pepper on there. Oh, oh. yeah. Sound bad. In some macaroni spot. salad. Some fruit salad. Or you just go straight into dessert. Maybe some peach cobbler or an apple pie. <laughs> Maybe a little bowl of that little extra bowl. You a little watermelon in there. The watermelon. Oof. Watermelon. Season. I always like peach cobbler. At least you think no, it's funny. Your moan for the peach cobbler really got me. It's <laughs> mm. okay. So it's your turn. Now. Yeah, I know. And now I'm back with the one, the one I was gonna pick that didn't get taken, but I still don't associate. But screw it, I'm on the warpath this summer. I'm picking golf. Oh. I'm taking golf as my event. Um, maybe for you guys didn't think about because it it's more of a spring start for you no, guys. My next but for average weekend warriors like me, it's a summer only type event. So I really get out there. In the summertime, get after it. I stop when it turns cold in the fall. You don't. Um, you're really making it seem like you're a huge golfer. <laughs> like eight times a it's summer. It's not active. I'm a weekend warrior. We get out there, cut off our blisters, but I just bought a glove, so I'm really advanced now. Cabretta leather, shout out. Uh, yeah, so golf. All of mine have been taken. Golf hardos are the worst. Stop Am I allowed being to go harder on the course? Just take it easy. Pace of play, Grant. Keep it up. Yeah, pay match play. Give gimmies. Screw it. Have fun. Play music. Wear your shirt untucked. Are we allowed to go like personal things that we like? Like maybe not everyone does it because I know everyone doesn't do this. But like what we do in the summer. <laughs> like the feeling of when you have to take a dump and swim trunks. <laughs> uh, like I, that personal. Can I go like 
camping. Worst one ever when you were at a pool day. Can I just go? Just say camping. Just say camping. No, I don't agree with that. No, (laughs) I think I won't be fully honest that I enjoy our camping trip where we go for three and a half days and just drink and have fun and everything we've said is all combined into that and it's it's great it's like super specific but do you guys ever feel kind of like like a fraud when you talk about the camping trip to other people and act like it's like this thing we always do and we've done it one year we've done it once <laughs> i always feel that way like yeah me and my friends we do this camping trip oh huh? like we've done it once it's like we've only done it once yeah we've done it one time Thank you. but <laughs> truly it truly is a great experience and i'm looking forward to that again and it's it's like one of the highlights of my summer mm-hmm. you know Evan. Oh, it's my turn, isn't I it? I need Evan to give me like a some uh, two. brain blast because I don't have much yeah. left. Um, I got, I got, I got one, two, three. Oh, I got one. Don't take four. It. I have four options left. I'm gonna take this one. I'm gonna say good old fashioned up north trips. Yeah. You know, crossing the Mackinac Bridge, going up north. Mm-hmm. Um, we now go visit our friend up in Munising. Um, it's a good time. So I'm gonna say like those weekend trips uh, up to the UP. Yeah, it's a summer activity. Like a distant cousin of Alex's, because yours is also up north. Like different but similar. Yes, get up north in Michigan. Further north, for what Evan's referring to, than my north. So I'm trying to look at my final four on a Mount Rushmore platform. So what I have, I have, I have faster horses. I have golf. Pretty good feel good things. I'm gonna take music with the windows down. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take that as a summertime, just kind of activity kind of thing. I am and I am not. I'm fading Team AC. I'm not a big AC guy unless it gets really hot. Um, the only time I'll go AC if I know I'm gonna be on the highway for a long time, because then you just can't have the windows open. You can't hear a word, and it just almost hurts your head too much. But if we're on a 55 mile an hour road or less, windows can be down at least a little bit. Um, just vibing, vibing to the whatever whatever music you have coming out that summer, and you just enjoy it. Are we all give him four, or was that three? I'm only giving him three. All right, so my fourth, I'm going with uh, like outdoor patio bars. Just, you know, Ooh. when you sit out at a restaurant on the patio, it's nice out, sun's about to go down. Yes. Having a beer, can't beat it. Can't Great beat people it. watching. Yeah, love. Like I, love, like I love sitting outside when it's warm and having a meal. And yes. A drink. Yes. Great. Um, so my last one, I'm going to say going to baseball games. Shout out Tigers. American yeah. Park in the summer. Lovely. Even uh, Fifth Third Field going down to Mud Hens is awesome. Um, now that the capacity limits are lifting, more people are going to be able to go to Comerica. COVID's over. I'm going to go even more to Comerica. I'm going to be rocking my Casey Mize jersey, hopefully, finally. And nothing says a ballpark Frank and a beer Washington Tigers. Or even ballpark this coming ballpark. weekend at Mitchell Park that becomes the Arrows. Get out there and see the Arrows. You're darn right, Grant. You know, bring your Yetis. I'm not going to say whether in them. Um, but come watch some baseball. My last one could be roasted. I don't know for it. I'm going to take, I'm going to combine two. I'm going to take sunsets slash like really crystal clear starry nights in the summertime. Kind of goes off the bonfire. Um, you know, sort of cheating, but I'll allow it. Yeah, more of like a girly girl pick too, whatever. But as guys in the Broco, we can admit cool sunset, especially in Michigan. I've yet to find a different a state that has one just as good. One that sky's like 
there's a weird pink or like a, the brightest blue or the brightest orange you've ever seen and it all mixes together looks awesome awe-inspiring and then at night with the lack of pollution in our great state sometimes you just get those sweet like the stars feel like you're they're in your living room when you step outside I'm like holy cow let's take a look at the big dipper let's look at the little dipper let's find out where everything's orient, oriented in the sky so i'll take that i got an honorable mention there's probably a ton yeah rip them off cedar point Oh, good. Summer. At least, at oh. least once in the summer, you gotta go to Cedar Point. I always end up going when it's ninety-eight degrees, but you get to still enjoy it. I guess I, I messed up, and I just don't think about because I'm not living there anymore. But a pool day, like I even took a lake day. I should have said like pool day. Used to have people over to the pool all the time. Those are great days. Love a good pool. Uh, I will mention is ice cream. Yes. Uh, summertime. I almost said that. You know, going to your local town uh, ice cream shop. And I think I consume so much ice cream in the summertime. Um, and then I'm going to say my last honorable mention was kind of said, it's kind of a combination of what you guys said, but nighttime drives. Yeah. Um, you know, summertime nights, a little bit warmer, but it's a little cooler from the day. Roll your windows down and you're just driving through town, just kind of slow, just enjoying the time. Uh, a cousin of mine that I picked would have been putt-putt golf. Still kind of golf, but like putt-putt. It's fun to do at least once a summer. Get like stupidly competitive about a children's game. Um, and then Evan threw it in with the grilling. So I didn't want to say it, but like when I think about grilling too, I just think about hot dogs. Hot dogs just scream summertime to me. Easiest thing to grill in the potential world as long as they're not too skinny and fall through the grates. You just got to be careful about that and lay them the right way. But other than that, brainless. I'm sure we're missing a ton. Oh, as far as activities, for some reason, when I think about summer, I was thinking about Can Jam is the biggest summer game. I know Cornhole probably actually is because, but I, I played Cornhole at like tailgates in the fall, but you don't ever play Can Jam any other time in like summer. Like you're like barefoot in like a field somewhere on the camping trip, as you said, and you're just playing Can Jam. I also have a personal thing mm. that, I, that makes me think of summer. It's light out until like 9 p.m. I mm -hmm. love that. And I love that it's light out early. Helps me get up earlier. And it feels like in the summer, like I, I don't feel like I need to go to bed early to go get up for work. It just seems easier to wake up for work every day in the summer versus like when I leave work in the winter, it's 5.30 and it's dark out. That sucks. The long days. So the longer days. Love that. Slip and slides. No. Summer I've got your own those. Nah. <laughs> You can make it fun. You can make like a boozy slip and slide that leads into hot flip tub. cups. Anybody like hot tubs in the summer? You know, that actually tied a little bit in my Arizona trip. I think they're better when it's cold outside, but I will say, as weird as it is when it's 100 degrees outside, it still feels good in a hot tub. I don't, I don't think anyone's ever said, oh, this hot tub feels terrible. I no. It. Unless it smells. Sometimes hot tubs smell. Well, people pee in them. Ew. Don't do that. Don't pee in hot tubs. Pool, I can forgive. Hot tubs is too confined of an area to be peeing in. Are we too old for Kalahari? No. <laughs> well, maybe. I had another activity. I completely forgot it. Cornhole. Can jam. Can jam. What else? Spike ball. I've never played. Great game. Beach volleyball. Fantasy football draft. Fantasy oh, football draft. Fantasy football. Just start a football, really, in August. Get all geeks for that. Yeah. I'm missing a massive one, but I'm just going to close this podcast out with like not saying it and people have to think but it was a, i think it was an activity definitely wasn't a drink or food tubing boat day lake day what he said jet skis lake day 
I haven't really got a lot in the leg day, but that's why it's in the league, it's an elite choice. Fishing and a little morning oh. fish action. That could be separate, I guess. Not a huge fisherman, but all right. And as you as you think about your summer and how excited you're gonna be, we're gonna wrap out the show. Tarek ball. Tarek ball. Good one. Just if you think it more, just throw them out there as I do this. Um God, it's been so long. I forget what everyone everything's called. Okay. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are all at shot of MS. So follow us on there. Comment, like, slide in the DMs wherever you want. At Shot of Michigan Sports is our TikTok. Um, same videos that we post, just you get to put like the fun like background sound effects in them. So it's a little different way to see the clips. How you can listen to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. And then we'd appreciate on whatever platform you listen on to rate it five stars and leave us a nice review. I think we have a we have a like double digit reviews. It really helps the algorithm. Other people find it. But the best way to help this podcast spread, to be honest, is just through word of mouth. So share it with a friend. Talk to them about it. Suggest it. Like, hey, just give it a listen. See if see if you like it. And as always, too, like we put the timestamps in each episode so you can skip around to what parts you want to listen to, so you don't have to uh, bore yourself with with a certain topic you don't want to hear. Um, submit any questions you want answered on the show. We'd love to do that more. Breaking news. Bre- oh, this is breaking news in the Detroit Pistons world. Oh, and Michigan basketball world. Oh, the Detroit Pistons are hiring former Cavaliers and Michigan coach John Beeline as their director of player development. Whoa. So, I mean, that's wow. pretty big. That is a massive hire. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, follow us on all, all the socials. Wow, I need a second to process that. Hmm. I like it. I wonder what if that's going to be like a nothing title or like he'll actually will be heavily involved. But he is good at developing uh, like lesser talent because he didn't have massive recruits there. So we'll see. Love that. His formal, former, formal title will be Senior Advisor of Player Development. Wow. He's probably going to put the boys through some tough workouts. Anyways, any questions you want answered? Um, at shot of Michigan or shot of Michigan Sports at gmail.com. Our email is a good place or any other business things uh, you'd like to ask us about. And as always, we close it out with uh, oh, I have a little bit of alcohol. Perfect. I got nothing. Cheers to uh, episode 23 and the start of summer. I can't cheers, but uh, I, I had a great shout out. <laughs> <laughs>